Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observe, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Centric Health of Bakersfield. Uh, there was a radio personality that had me on his show all the time and then hit again to just bash me all the time. And But he's gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not so fast, Padre. <laughs> Welcome to Bakersfield Observe with Richard Bean, a podcast for and about Bakersfield and Kern County. Richard's guests are newsmakers, influencers, and personalities who address topics of interest to you and your neighbors and your community. The discussion is fast, informative, and always civil. Now, here's your host, Richard Bean. Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean, the podcast. This is our episode two in the podcast. We kicked it off last week with one of our favorite guests, Lois Henry. You can find that on Spotify, on Google, on kernradio.com, wherever you retrieve your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. As I said, this is episode two. As we go forward here, I'm enjoying I'm joined by Mr. J.R. Flores, who was with me for five years on The Richard Bean Show. And, of course, he's the former producer for The Ralph Bailey Show, too. A lot of time in radio. Mr. Flores, how are you, sir? I'm just fine. Thank you, Richard. Excellent. Too much time in radio. But. It, too much time in radio. Yeah. It's, it's good to see you, sir. It's, it's always good to see you. I only get to see you once a week now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Perhaps that's enough, given our past. Yeah. Well, two weeks when I do my elderly check. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was watching the news and they said it was going to be 105. Check on your elderly. Yeah, and you're on my list. I came up on your list. Yes. Excellent. Well, that's good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'm glad somebody is is looking uh, uh, looking back for me. Uh, my guest today, we're going to get right into it, is Mr. Carlos Baldovinos. He is the director of the mission of Kern County. Carlos has been a friend of this program for a long time. I've had him on periodically. The work that they do over at the mission has never been more important than we have now. We've talked a lot about the homeless situation, not only in this county and in this city, but in the country. We have something very serious going on. I want to thank Carlos for coming on. I had the pleasure of dropping by Carlos's house this past weekend when his son, Sammy, for was graduating from BCHS and heading off to Vanguard University. Carlos. Congratulations. That, you know, very, very, very good. Hey, Richard, thank you. And hey, congratulations to you on starting this podcast. I mean, this is wonderful. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate this is that. great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like you haven't missed a beat. Well, we'll, we'll find that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You, I'm sure this will do very, very well. Well, I, I appreciate it. I hope, I hope people are listening. We try to tackle some issues that you all care about that we've been talking about here. Uh, this is not for the light of heart. We try to tackle some of the things that, you know, ask some questions that may ruffle feathers from time to time. But I always appreciate you coming on and dealing straight with me. So You know what? And it's good that you bring some of these issues. I mean, because that, that, when you talk about, you know, homelessness and addictions, I mean, that is very real in our community i mean that's those are real things that are happening uh not only in our community but throughout the country and throughout our state yeah and um you know there's just a lot to do um and it's a very complicated issue as you know 
Yeah. Let, let's, uh, one of the tacks I want to take with you, Carlos, here, you've been in this, in, in your business a long time. You, you've done it and you proved yourself. And uh, how long have you been in the mission now? 11 years. 11 years. Okay. And you came from Minneapolis. I, well, originally well, I grew the, up, I mean, I grew up in Minneapolis, went to school in Minneapolis, got, you know, met my wife in Minneapolis. Um, but we moved over here from the East Coast. We moved here from North Carolina. That's right. That's right. And Very a beautiful good. place. Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina is one of the most beautiful places. But I'm in sunny Bakersfield. Well, we're where today's 106. Exactly. <laughs> Look, we're we're lucky to have you, Carlos. Let let me start off uh, with this. And we number one, let's assume we all know we have an issue out here. If you live anywhere in this country, particularly in any of the larger cities. Uh, we're all suffering from the same issue. We've uh, we've talked a lot about some of the root causes of it and some of uh, the things the state has done in, in terms of decriminalization that may have added to it. But this thought occurred to me, and I want to run this past you. Um, I I see. I think we all the the visual idea of homelessness, where you see. Uh, the camps and the tents and the cardboard and this type of thing there it occurred to me recently that what I'm starting to see I want to run this past you is maybe something different and 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 different in this way have are we going to reach a point where this homeless issue becomes almost like a cancer and it's metastasized? You know, where at what point do these do these encampments become so part of uh, just normal life and so large? And I was struck by this, Carlos, that I went back to think about in the Great Depression during the shanty towns, right and I did some research on that over the weekend, and I'm looking at that, and it was, a, it was clearly a different circumstance because you had a stock market collapse then, you had bank uh, issues, but you also had some of the same elements. You had a lot of people losing their jobs, a lot of people who had been kicked out of their homes, which when the, the, the moratoriums in on evictions, we may see, see a lot of that. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking... As a society, have we reached a point where this stuff is almost here to stay? And I pose the question to you, Carlos, because this is your business. You know what is a normal kind of run of a lot of this stuff and what looks different. Does this look different to you? Yeah, I mean, I I think in, like, for example, in Bakersfield, uh, I've noticed there's been, been a difference the last four or five years. I mean, I've been you know, associated with Bakersfield going back 17, 18 years, it never looked like this. I mean, you're seeing what you mentioned, the shanty towns and others in, in the riverbed. I mean, when you look at it, we, as a country, we're better than that. I mean, to me, when I look mm-hmm. at people, you know, in that kind of state, we are failing them, Richard. As a society, we're failing them. And mm-hmm. we got to figure this out because if we don't figure it out, it's going to get worse. I mean, yes, <clears throat> you have good stuff that's happening, you know, like an organization, as our organization, many others in our community that are, you know, doing programs and shelters and, you know, different recovery elements of things. I mean, that's all good, but long-term is the, is, is the need, the demand 
great, greater than we actually can offer the help, you mm-hmm. know, the, the solution. Right. Whether it's housing, whether it's recovery programs, job training, what does that look like? I mean, it's, when you look at it, it's getting out of control. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, my, I just had my family here from my son's graduation, mm-hmm. you know, they came from uh, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. And that was an observation that they made as they're leaving the airport. They're like, <clears throat> they're like, unbelievable. They're, mm-hmm. People are camping out on the fr- on your freeway. They're camping out in different, behind businesses. They saw it. And I that's we, not happening in Kansas City? Not like that. No, not yeah. like that. Isn't that no. curious why some areas are worse Well, and I think it's right an attraction. Here. I mean, people are attracted to California. There's yeah. also different things that occur in the state that are allowed that other states are not, Richard. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. I mean, you. I was in North Carolina back in March, and, you know, uh, there's a river that runs through Asheville. I don't know the name of it. But we saw people camping out there. Mm. But I also think that might be a different element too. Mm. I mean, there's home. I mean, there's camp campings. You know, there's people building different cardboard box structures around the country. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna see that wherever you go. Right. Uh, but never to the magnitude that you have in California. You're right. You're I right. mean, it's much more um, pinpointed here because there's a lot more of it. Yeah, you know, right. it's out of control. And and one of the things that I, I look at is throwing more money at it. It's not going to be the solution mm-hmm. in this whole thing. I mean, the government just came out with a couple of weeks back with a commitment of a high sum of dollars. I mean, I can't remember. I think it was maybe a billion dollars mm-hmm. that he wants to make a commitment on how to, you know, end homelessness or, or whatever he wants to do. Well, I'm telling you, keep throwing money at something. I don't really feel it's going to fix it. Right. I mean, you got to be very, and I keep saying you got to be very strategic because a lot of these people have mental health issues, Richard, right. and they're medicating with street drugs. That's what you're seeing when somebody's walking through the, you know, in the middle of the intersection. I mean, they don't not in the right state of mind. They're probably are in need of some medication to stabilize them, and they're using that street drug to help themselves. Right, right. It's it it, it it's a terrifying situation. Let me read you to something about the rise of the shanty towns yeah. in the Great Depression right. and how it struck me, Carlos, how how true some of this is. It says, as the depression worsened and millions of urban and rural families lost their jobs and depleted depleted their savings. They also lost their homes. Desperate for shelter, homeless citizens built shanty towns in and around cities across the nation. These camps came to be called Hoovervilles after after the president, right. Democratic National Committee publicity director and longtime newspaper reporter Charles Mickelson is credited with coining the term. Hooverville shanties were constructed of cardboard, tar paper, glass, lumber, tin, and whatever other materials people could salvage. Unemployed masons used cast-off stone and bricks and in some cases built structures that stood 20 feet high. Most shanties, however, were distinctly less glamorous cardboard box homes that did not last long and most dwellings were in a constant state of being rebuilt. That's exactly what we're seeing here, isn't it? I mean, you're seeing a lot of it. I mean, that was obviously a different time mm-hmm. in our in our history. Um, but now you've added the element of, of drugs, meth, yeah, heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're. Ha- I mean, you had you had alcoholism till you know since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But you you've added that to it, and it's just getting worse. And you have this too. Uh, we haven't even talked about Richard. Is you know you have the rent moratoriums. Think about this for a second. <clears throat> so. 
when the pandemic began, you know, you had, you know, governments, whether it's our, you know, state government, federal government, and they said, you know what, we're going to do a rent moratorium for X amount of time. Now, those are going to expire. And that's where the person, the, the, the tenant is not paying the landlord. Basically, they're, you know, they're, the, the tenant keeps collecting the balance. Mm-hmm. Check this out. You're collecting the balance. At the end of the day, when it's over, the landlord gives the, a bill to the tenant and says, you know what? Here's your bill for the last 15 months. You owe me $22,000. Mm-hmm. Those people, if they haven't been working, if they haven't been saving their money, it's, they've been getting unemployment, what's going to happen when they get a bill of that size? And they're going to walk away. Right. And then now you have an eviction process that begins, Mm -hmm. right? Those people, I mean, where do they go? I mean, number one, they have bad credit. Now they've been evicted, right? That's on your, on their record. Mm -hmm. You know, what if they don't still don't have a job? What's going to happen? I mean, think about that. Then you're what you just mentioned, the shanty towns, these Hoovervilles, it's going to get much worse. I mean, so I really feel it's going to get, this is not over. Yeah. I mean, right. just because now you're not wearing a face mask, I'm not wearing a face mask, or you're going into places, the restrictions have lifted, and you're, we're kind of back into, you've been hearing this, the new normal, normal, mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. feel normal again. Right. Well, you're going to see, I really feel like an economic shift as inflation grows, as you start seeing some of these rent moratoriums begin to phase out. What's going to happen to those people? Are we going to get bigger? From this, from a state side, from from a, an, you know from basically you know all fifty all fifty states, are we going to see an increase? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to really. Well, you tell me, Carlos, because you're in the business. So yeah. If you get a whole generation of people who are about to lose about to lose their home, now let's assume that most of those don't have you know substance abuse problems where they're not going to go from. They're you know losing an apartment to right. to being on the street, but from where you standpoint, what kind of stress is that going to put on organizations like yours, where well-meaning people who find themselves maybe for the first time without a roof over their head, are looking for a bridge or help? They come to you and you go, no room at the end. What does that do? What kind of stress does that put on the providers of relief like you guys? 100%. It, it actually adds more pressure, more stress to the system. It does. I mean, it really does. And now you begin to go, okay, what, what, what are we going to do with this individual? You want to, I mean, our heart is to help as many people as we can. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're about. But then when the system is overwhelmed, that's where we have to really look at. I mean, you can't build enough stuff to get people. I'm telling you, Richard. When those moratoriums end, it, this is going to be a different conversation. Watch. Wow. Wow. I, that's what I believe. Because those moratoriums aren't meant forever. Right. You can't have free rent right. for two years. I mean, that, or you could cause a housing crisis like you did in 2008. Well, it, 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 it's parallel to that, isn't sure. it? I mean, I mean, the same thing when, when the banks wouldn't, were not foreclosing, right? Mm-hmm. And we were just waiting for people to lose. A lot of people were living in their homes rent free they eventually ended up on the street and that's where we had our problems now we have it now maybe these are renters maybe they're not correct we're going to have the similar type of problem you will and then you're going to have i mean something has to give because it's not meant to be to go this direction forever Mm -hmm. i mean you're you're going to have i mean something's going to have to 
And what will that be, Carlos? What what will need well, I mean, to I give? Well, I think I mean I think that you know you start looking at you know, all the stuff that's happening from a federal side with all the stimuluses and reliefs. I think that was good for a season. It's helped, mm-hmm. um, but society's not meant to be to operate this way. Especially the American culture is not meant to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not in us to do that. I mean, that we are meant to work. We're meant to do to build we're we're we are meant to be innovators but then when you start having the government intervention as much as there has been you begin to wonder how good is that for people how right. good is that for the average american you know that they're getting all these stimulus some people I, I guess they they like that i mean they believe in that you know for me is how can we move forward what right. can we do? I mean, so that's not a position to move forward in because you not. can't you can't keep we can't afford to keep pe- paying people not to work or 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 to give them some degree of relief here, however you want to put it, for years, right? Well, no, and it's I mean, and tell me that compassion. Where does that go? I mean, you you begin okay. Is it? It's like having your child, right? They graduate high school. They're, they could go to college or vocational school or, or get a job, but you hold them back because you still want to keep them a child, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, this 25-year-old can be living in his room that he grew up in right. and doing nothing. I mean, what are you teaching that person? Right. You know, we are meant to work. We're meant to go do something with ourselves. We're meant to be influencers in our communities, right. you know, in our specific realm of influence. And I mean, we all have, I believe we all have purpose. When you start taking that from people, they're just walking around aimlessly. Mm-hmm. Have you, Carlos, uh, off subject, but have you seen the movie Nomadland? I have not. Okay. I just saw it the other night, right? Won an Academy Award. I oh, think okay. Best Picture, all that. And it's basically the story of these communities of Americans who uh, probably, well, all of all ages, but... These are these are Americans who have kind of opted out of the mainstream or they have decided that at their stage of life with minimal income or minimal assets, they can live better longer in these desert communities. Right. Have a van. And, okay. and you're starting to see a lot of that. You see, see that in the California desert and Nevada desert. And I'm watching this, Carlos, thinking, is this. Is this something that is another another anomaly that's going to be normalized, you know, that we have so many people? Now, these are not homeless. I don't think they're homeless people. I think that they're near, you know, they're one step above. Sure. Right? And they're surviving, and they're sure. doing it through these communal living out in the desert. But I'm looking at this going, how can that sustain itself, you know? Well, I mean, I know society changes, Richard, but the way this is going, um, it just it just adds too much pressure. You know, th- it's not meant to be like this. You know, um, we all, again, I, I keep saying, we all have purpose. Um, I mean, it's, it's all good. I mean, we went through a pandemic that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been awful. We haven't seen anything like this, what, every hundred years it happens? Yeah, the first one was right. the Spanish flu, and now you have you know, COVID and I mean, so it's been really difficult stuff we haven't navigated, but I think the question is, are we creating something that that's going to be, like you said, is this going to be the pattern to get used to? I hope not Richard, right. 
I hope not because I mean, I mean, I've you've traveled through Latin America. I have too, and other parts. I mean, I've been overseas. I mean, you see these shanty towns all over. I mean, the poverty. America was not designed that way. I mean, we got to take care of our own. We gotta, we gotta help people, but at the same time, we can't enable people either. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of lifestyle. I mean, it's just. What is this about? What do we, we, we when you deal with your clientele? Mm-hmm. And I know this is a tough question because you get all kind of people. You I get, get a plethora. Oh, uh, you, you, you know, it's a mixed bag. Exactly. But what, what, what is it that people want? What is it that people desire? Do they? Is, is it recognition? Is it? Is it the ability to stand on your own two feet when people fall down and they come to you and they're in? Carlos's world at the mission and you're trying to reach them what is it that you're that you're trying to connect with to get them back on their feet you know we ask them we would do we go through an intake process of okay where are you what what you know kind of where are you what are you why are you here how can we help you that's that's the number one thing how can we help you that's kind of our model how we're here to help you and we begin to kind of case manage them to kind of see what 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 do they want to see themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, some people are just fine being homeless, Richard. It's just, I mean, we have to face that reality too. Mm-hmm. But there's stuff out there that they can actually take advantage of to get out of this uh, lifestyle, this situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. But again, everybody has to have skin in the game too. They're going to yeah. have to want it as well. Right. Not just us wanting it for them. But again, we get people like that all the time with just different issues. I mean, it could be drugs. It could be addictions to uh, substance abuse, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Maybe it's a bad situation. Maybe, you know, a lot of folks that, uh, that have mental illness do not come to us just yeah, because of right. the situation. They just don't. I mean, sure. and that's unfortunately what the, what's visual in our community is the mentally ill. Right. That's what you see. Right. And that's a whole different conversation. Right, right. Because, I mean, there is something that needs to be done and addressed with that because yeah. you're seeing... People literally are dying on the streets. Yeah, yeah. Now that's a, that's something that maybe some other time we can I talk about that, the mental yeah, health. Well, well, we should. That that is a topic for a whole other uh, podcast. But I, I, it it is curious to me that you have uh, this homeless thing is so broad and oh, so wide and it's so complicated. deep. Yeah, that the ones that set me off and people like that. And I know you're busy. We'll, no. we'll get you out of here soon. Uh, are, are the ones that you see in the streets talking to Howling at the Moon or whatever. The people that come into your facility are probably more traditional, looking a way to get back on their feet. Sure. Y- yes. Uh, that, that would be that'd be the right way to characterize it. Um, those people, have, uh, but a lot of people that want to get off of addictions, want to get off of, they're tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. And they want something, they want something else that, I mean, they've been wasting year after year. And um, and I think really through that through this whole COVID thing, I think people realized a lot because there was a lot of isolation too. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like businesses were shuttered. I mean, you couldn't do this. You had to wear a face mask, socially distant. I mean, all these different things that we've had to deal with. Right. And now, you know, they're coming to us, and it's like, how do they? How do they? How do they fit into the? How do they fit into the whole piece now right, right. of society? When when you look at the next year here, what do you tell people like me or people in the community when people come to you as an expert and so expert and say, "Gosh, Carlos, it's just it's just a mess out there." What do you tell them to expect realistically over the next year or even longer? Well, I mean, I look at this rent moratoriums. Once they will come to an end because they're going to come to an end. I mean, watch that closely. Watch. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's September. 
um, that they're they're gonna because you can't keep going this way. Yeah. Right. If not, you're gonna have some sort of collapse, mm-hmm. like a housing collapse here in California. Um, I think it's I think we're we're in for a ride again. I think people we all want to get to some normal. I mean, you want to go. You know, go to the beach. You all want to go on see your family. You all want to have family reunions and go to graduations and go to weddings and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then that's what we want. But the reality of what's going to happen on the back end with a lot of different things are just in, you know, I believe they're in, in, in the shaking season right now. Absolutely. How is that really going to, I mean, everybody's kind of in a spot. I mean, you have all the stimulus that were given in the last right. several, what, three stimuluses in the last year. You know, you have the stock market is doing well, you know, but then you have inflation too, right? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. You have inflation. I mean, you look at, I saw something, a meme today that it was like with a thousand dollars a year ago, you used to get a lot of plywood. Now you get I like- I saw a, that too. Yeah. You get three sheets. That's true too. I mean, think about oh, yeah. it. I mean, right. from, in, cause that's a, that's a, it's a trickle down thing when you talk about the inflation and the price of goods and that and how that filters down to society, the normal day person, even those folks that are on the verge of homelessness. How's the, how, what effects is that going to play out? So I do think it's, it's going to get, I hate to even say this, I, as much as we want it to be normal, mm-hmm. Richard, I do think it's, it's going to be rougher in the next six months. I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm not just, I'm look, not a, look, yeah. look, that's the reason I have you on because you're honest about it. I don't think it's going to get better. Mm-mm. Either. We want it's, it to be. It, 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 it's gonna. It, it could get worse before it gets better, and we have to keep our eye on things like the evictions and that type of thing. So inflation. I mean, I, I tell you this: this whole thing with inflation. A lot of us don't know about it. They keep, they keep saying, "Well, do you remember inflation when Jimmy Carter was president?" Why? Well, right. I, mean, yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, I don't right. remember that. Maybe you remember right. better than I do. Right. Right. Ga- gas shortages. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing it. What in Virginia? Seven dollars right. a gallon. I saw the other day. Right. I mean, you see it right here in our own backyard at four dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. So you're starting seeing that the inflation, rent moratoriums. Right. Now another one too is employers cannot find. Uh, staff mm-hmm. it's hard to hire people i mean because they don't they're just people are not willing to go back to work right. because they keep getting the stimulus right. so you're going to have a ripple effect that's going to affect a lot of different industries again i think we're forgetting because we are so caught up into getting to getting into back into some sort of normalcy mm-hmm. that we are not seeing the other factors around us that could have a direct effect on you know the economic situation in our communities it's going to have plural. to play out we're going to have to and homelessness it. Right. and it's it just it's not over i think the next six months we're going to be in for a roller coaster absolutely carlos baldovinos the uh, director of the mission of kern county always great to have you on, thank my you friend. richard thank you for coming on yes I sir hope you'll come back okay we're coming back all right okay on uh the next Uh, episode three of the podcast next week, we're going to be dealing with an expert asking the question about how communities react when an accused sexual predator is in their midst. What is it about our psyche that makes us react in one way or the other? You're going to want to tune in for that. That'll be on the next episode of Bakersfield Observed with Richard Bean. Thank you, Carlos Baldovinos. Thank you, J.R. Flores, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Bakersfield Observed, the podcast with Richard Bean. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Centric Health of Bakersfield.